Welcome to the EHL Institute of Customer Experience Management podcast series. We strive to build an incremental understanding of customer experience and its role in the wide business arena. And by doing so, we recruited thought leaders who can shed lights on the crucial issues related to customer experience, experience design, and experience-centric organization. I am Katarzyna Wrzesińska, and I will be your host for this podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of welcoming Arthur Harry. Arthur, can you tell us who you are and what you do? Hi, uh, thanks for having me. Um, so I'm Arthur, I'm, I'm actually a 2010 uh, EHL graduate, um, which basically means I've been problem solving, finding solutions for the past 10 years in my, of my career. So I'm, I'm, I'm still really proud of, of being an EHL graduate and I've been working in uh, sales and marketing for, uh, for the past 10 years, supporting markets around the globe with different industries. So I've worked in the luxury industry, in the watch and jewelry industry, I've worked uh, of course, at the beginning at EHL, uh, in a bit in the hotel industry, but not too long. And finally, now I've, um, I'm working in the hearing aid industry for Amplifon, and I'm uh, taking care of uh, customer experience and uh, for them. So yeah, that's me, and always customer in the middle, designing customer journeys and making the most of them. Great. So this interview is going to be really interesting. We will get a lot of insights from your side. All right. Could you also tell us something unexpected about you? Something your colleagues and our listeners don't know, but that makes you proud. Oh, quite a few things. I don't know. Uh, I collect Fidon cookbooks. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's an unexpected one. I, I'm also a big audiophile uh, fan. I I, uh, I spent usually on the weekends every every weekend an hour listening to new music, whatever's coming out, curating playlists. These are some of my hobbies, a uh, little on the side that I enjoy doing. Nice, that's interesting. Which cookbooks you you mentioned? So it's a it's a publisher. It's a British publisher called Fidon, um, and they they have great. Uh, they do a lot of uh, partnership with famous chefs. Uh, so they have like a, you know like the German cookbook with uh, with Schubeck. They have uh, uh, different Italian. They have they are the one designing the the silver spoon from the Italian uh, Bible of cooking. So it's uh, and they also have books about design, art, and uh, they're there. By the way, if you're going anywhere and you want to bring a nice gift, they're always great to take one. Uh, great to bring. That's a good idea. Thank you very much for this. <laughs> exactly. Now back to business. I have a list of questions prepared yeah. for this podcast and let's okay. see if we will be able to go through all of them in the next 30 minutes. So moving from your experience in your field, how would you define customer experience? What is customer experience and why does it matter? Uh, to, I would say I'd, I'd keep it simple by saying that it's I would say it's successful interaction uh, between brands and people um, that will lead for um, all the checkpoints of the customer journey to be successfully engaged and successful in a way that you will bring your customer through from being a prospect to a lead or vice versa, depending on the terminology, conversion, and finally looping the loop with a repurchase. So very keeping it really simple. Obviously, then the definition changes based on the industries I've worked for. Um, some factors are impacting the, the, the experience, the journey drastically. Like, for example, the, the position in the pyramid of needs from Maslow, or we can talk about the length of the funnel. You know, you look at a hotel, you, you, you book your room quite early in advance. Then you go, you check in, you do your stay and you pay. So the funnel is, you know, it can be relatively short compared to maybe buying a watch where you're going to 
start doing online, doing your thinking, comparing the competition, making one appointment, second appointment. And that's just uh, the funnel to purchase. Then if you only, if you acknowledge the funnel all the way to repurchase, uh, like now where I'm working in, in the hearing and industry, can take up to five years before you, you, you will know or not if a customer will buy again from your brand. Yeah. So that's the goal, the ultimate goal, and and that's very hard, by the way. It's it's really having customer to not only be your customers, but to be so happy of being a customer that they will come back and repurchase another product from you. And yeah. So Speaking of emotions and and being happy, which emotions will that, will cause the um, the customer yeah, experience memorable? That's 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 a tough one, but um, I would say. There are sets of emotions which which are the same for everyone and which are achievable by anyone or any brands, uh, which is basically the ones we learn at EHL, which is um, you know uh, making your customer happy or giving the wow factor, uh, like Mr. Law has taught us on the first week. Um, <laughs> but then um, there are other sets of emotions um, which are then adapted to the different position of your brand. So if you look at, at Maslow's pyramid of needs, for example. As an example, now I'm working in a hearing aid industry, so it's very, at the bottom, it's very, it's on safety, it's ensuring health, uh, making sure that customers uh, are able to hear their family and friends. So here, all the emotions will be around uh, delivering that uh, healthy possibility and living happy. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's where we'll focus. Now, if you go completely on the other spectrum, the uh, high up on the on the pyramid, all the way up, mm -hmm. and you take the watch industry, luxury watches, for example, which have absolutely no purpose, but they're amazing. Uh, <laughs> here, uh, brands will deliver emotions uh, through usually what people call the definition of luxury, which are the the big pillars of storytelling. Uh, you know, uh, long history, know-how, uh, exclusivity, things like this. Yeah, craftsmanship, uh, craftsmanship, all those, yeah, all those uh, marketing slogans, which which are, which I, mean, I fall for them as well. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> I guess we we all follow them yeah. uh, consciously and subconsciously. Do you like? Do you have a watch? What What are you wearing right now? Uh, no, I have uh, actually. I jewelry. have a I have jewelry. <clears throat> oh, great! Looking good. Very nice. <laughs> people listening to us you're wearing a Swarovski tennis bracelet and uh, if you buy actually the the, the previous uh, edition of the Financial Times weekend there was a big article on the history of the tennis bracelet a uh, great storytelling piece and and uh, and you can see all the, the historical people who have worn it and uh, if you can try and find it online great article really great thank you I didn't know that <laughs> back to our question list um, do, do you have an example of outstanding customer experience uh, that you delivered your company or you have been exposed to? Yeah, well, so many. I mean, if I go back to retail, uh, I think, um, well, first of all, the past big improvements in customer experience in the past few years, especially with COVID, have really been around digitalization and uh, being able to provide uh, solutions. Uh, I'm, I'm going to mention silly things like payment methods. In Switzerland, we have Twint. Uh, things like this who are really changing people's way of consuming and, and experiencing uh, shopping. Uh, but more on a, on a self-achievement uh, with um, an, an, an industry uh, industry thing with, with Jewel Hub, we'll, we just developed recently, a, 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 if you take the concept of a concierge that you've probably seen on, on shopping websites where you have a bot, a pop-up thing that comes up, 
and tells you, oh, how can I help you? What we did is we took that concept and we brought it up all the way to a luxury edition, meaning that um, you'll be online on a, on a watch, on the luxury websites, shopping, browsing for something, and then suddenly you'll have the same activity, somebody raising to give you some help, but instead of being a bot, it will be, hey, um, Michael in the Fifth Avenue store is currently available. Would you like to for us to co connect you with him on live chat? for him to give you uh, a tailored uh, consultation and, and find out how or he can help you. That's so nice. Basically, yeah, it was nice during COVID, especially because, I mean, people yeah. in stores were not so busy and everybody was at home. So it was a good opportunity to, to connect uh, people in stores to shoppers via a digital solution. Um, so that's that's something that was that, that was fun. And uh, yeah, but um, very happy of this one. And um, I mean, other things, uh, but uh, I think that's uh, that's nice. What are really elements of this experience, this particular one with the digital tool? What made it so outstanding and why? Well, I think for me, the, the big, big um, achievement was the ability to, and I think that's a big, big goal in customer experience is to really seamlessly connect offline and online experience, offline and online experiences with customers. Um, and I think that was one of the of the tool that enabled it. Of course, then it's still left with your with your with the human touch, uh, with whether or not the customer will feel uh, comfortable pressing on the button. But in the end, um, you're, you're you're connecting. You're you're becoming more omnichannel. You're be more, exactly more harmonious in your retail experience. Speaking about the digital technologies, yeah. uh, to what extent replace the human customer experience with a digital one? Now, of course, uh, in the COVID times, we are forced to, to use digital technologies. But what if we move ourselves to mm -hmm. the non-pandemic world? Yeah, sure. <laughs> what would be the role of digital technologies <laughs> in customer experience? Um, you know, I think it, it will be always um, a big part of it. And whenever a uh, supporting tool, a supporting digital tool will be able to uh, to support, the, to, to get the job done uh, more efficiently than a human, then why not? But in the end, the human touch will be inevitable for many complement of the journey. And uh, the good balance will be when both will be perfectly integrated within companies. To give you an example now, um, um, we are we're developing a new CRM solution to really reach out to our customers during their, uh, during their journey at the, with the right communication type at the right moment um and and in order to trigger the right responses uh, but in the end no matter how advanced how good uh, those those campaigns those this journey is is planned uh, if the staff in the store is not prepared is not trained uh, is not ready to welcome those customers uh, it all falls down to the drain so um, that's why it's important to, to share that experience and, and when you draw that that customer journey I think it's crucial to, to really divide it in two, meaning that when which interaction will be online and which or mm -hmm. digital mm -hmm. and which experience will be physical mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, maximizing both of them at the same time is, uh, is a solution, I think it's the right for the future. Mm -hmm. What is the cost of good experience? What is the cost of good experience? That's um, that's a good one. Actually, I, I wanted to talk a bit about about cost. It, you know, a lot of people would say it's, it's what's the cost of not doing it. But uh, my experience working in retail, working mm -hmm. uh, also in B two B with uh, not just final customers, but um, 
well, while I was working for Swarovski, I was developing a lot of, of solutions to uh, support key account managers on markets. And here, the, the customer we're talking about is really the, uh, the owner of a big, you know, uh, shopping center like uh, Corte Inglés in Spain, you told me you were in mm-hmm. Spain, or Macy's in the US, or Galio Lafayette. And, and these are actually your customers, not the people shopping there. Uh, this is mm-hmm. their, their problem, in a way. And, and here, what happened is in the past 30 years, uh, the market was booming, especially for those supermarkets, the big stores and everything was going well and now the past few years you know things are shifting online the, um, and it's becoming much more difficult for them to be an interesting place of, of destination for shoppers and here the interaction and uh, is really with those clients and i think here uh, customer experience and the cost of customer experience is it's just a a good replacement to what people used to do 20 years ago and not saying anybody, you know, I'm not pointing any fingers, but basically giving a lot of discounts. The business was going well. Oh, uh, give us a bit, a bigger share of the cake. Uh, and now it's just not possible because a lot of the brands doing this business are quite high up in and have reduced their margin to the maximum. And the only solution is is basically customer experience. And and investing in customer experience is going to create that extra difference, that extra leverage that could enable a brand in in successfully strive in a multi-brand environment. I don't know if you still shop in Corte. Have you been in a Corte Inglés during your vacation? Of course, of course, I've oh, okay. been there. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's it's they still do it nice, but it's obviously it's it's very competitive for brands to be in a Corte Inglés, and you have to really fight to have the best spots, to have the, the best location, to have the pop-up locations. And so, and when you have young brands coming in, young jewelry brands, you know, you're wearing Swarovski, but there are a lot of smaller brands on the market mm-hmm. and they come in uh, to to those stores and they say, I will give you 10 points more discount if you give me that location. And obviously as a, a any established brands will not be able to compete against that. And so the only competition possibility is basically, okay, what, how can I map the journey of my partner, Corte Inglés, for example, and what can I identify that are big, big triggers that will enable our relationship to be stronger and for my brand to strive in his environment. So uh, that's the cost. The cost is competition. It's uh, it's losing market share of not doing customer experience. Thank you. What are the KPI of an experience? When a company can say it is going in the right direction yeah. with experience design and customer experience no you're right it, it's all about the kpis and that's very satisfying um well while well, i was working for omega and we, we we started mapping the journey and we starting like you know um, you know what we do is we're categorizing our, our different customer groups inviting them towards in the funnel to to experience the brand and we would invite them to do master classes or visit of the manufacturers mm-hmm. and and then suddenly you see that they're starting to engage with the brand ultimately you do a good job so they they you convert them they buy a watch and then you use you, you know with social network you start following those 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 customers uh throughout the year and you see that they're active on social network with their mm-hmm. friend they're 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 exchanging with the brand with the stores and you're like well this is this is really picking on this is really good and then finally until maybe maybe that can happen quickly or the, the funnel can be a bit longer but after a year or two and they're like you see that they they post a second like oh i'm second omega i just bought my second watch and you're like wow so when you're when you're able to 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 see this experience it live it live it's it's super emotional 
But obviously the key here is behind your question is really KPI, is really data. So when not only you're able to see it, witness it, but you also have the data to support it, that's that's great. Unfortunately, not all companies have have this under their data set. Uh, so I'm sure companies you shop in will know a lot about you, while others not so much, especially the past recent years in, in Europe with GDPR. Mm-hmm. Um, we've switched from an opt-in uh, legal basis instead of what was previously known as an opt-out. So uh, I'm not happy with you. Don't talk, send me an email, please. Now it's the brand have to individually ask the customer, is it okay for me to send you anything? And the customer have to sign and agree. So so data has taken a hit in 2016, 2017, um, big hit. And um, a lot of brands have a bit like a Swiss cheese, a mental cheese uh, data set. Well, other brands like uh, Amplifon that I'm working in now, right now, has uh, an amazing set of data. They've been capturing data very carefully all those times, and they're able to generate uh, quite good KPIs. And that enables you to, to do a lot more with your customers. Exactly. The, the data storage. Where does the knowledge of the customers and its uh, experience should sit in an organization? Uh, Who should generate the data and who should receive data to do what? So it should, first of all, it's very important, it should sit in an FTP server. Uh, secured. I uh, see a lot of leaks going on these days, so it has to be uh, locked. And still, a lot of companies today are exchanging Excel sheets and everything that is uh, not going to be long uh, possible for long. Uh, and uh, so, uh, securely, that's the first answer. Second of all, I think uh, who has access to the data and who can see what it's it's. It's based on the customer journey, who interacts with the data, who needs the data. So again, when we take back the example of B2B and B2C, some um, mm-hmm. some some organizations are focusing their customer experience on, on final customers on B2C, but in, mm-hmm. they are also dealing with key accounts, with, with Corte Inglés, with, with whatever customers, but they're not applying the same journey with those customers. They're not using the same technique. So there are a lot of books out there. There's a lot of way to learn how to map a customer journey. Uh, my favorite is um, is the business model generation from Strategizer and specifically the value proposition design, which is uh, never too far from my desk. Uh, and and I've always applied this, whether I'm talking to you, a final customer, and I'm selling you a bracelet, or I'm um, I'm developing tools for uh, for costing less. I'm I'm going to apply the same thing. Um, and I think that's uh, that's that's the key. And whoever interacts has to have the connection to the data. I agree. I totally agree with you. Um, <laughs> the, Thank you. There absolutely should be must for each of the employee to to know just a little bit, uh, at least the name or or where <laughs> the customer is coming from. Of course, it's not possible to to get those info for the ones who are just entering the the boutique or shop. But uh, yeah. Customer service should go a bit the extra mile, and and um... yeah, I have, uh, at Omega, I really pushed the the, the the staff to at least ask for a full name and a phone number or an email. Uh, just those two data sets uh, will enable you to first of all send a thank you note, mm-hmm. saying hey, thanks for coming to the store. It was a pleasure meeting you. This is what we had looked at. Uh, let me know uh, if you'd like to know more. Um, and just with those two sets of data, either an email. A name and uh, or a phone number. Yeah, N- not that much, but much at the end. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, my very last question. Yeah. 
is about the future. What would be the key pillars of an outstanding customer experience? Is customer experience and experience design going to be a differential competitive advantage or is the future looking somehow different? Very good question. Uh, competitive advantage. Um, you know, in my day-to-day -day reality, I'm mostly focusing my work on customer experience with fixing the basics. Um, today, companies, I think, are still not there yet in terms of having their customer experience locked on. So, I, at least from my experience, it's early to say, you know, the work I'm doing creates customer experience. I think it, it just enables good customer experience and, and customer experience smooth and successful for the customers and commercially successful for the brands. I think that's already a lot. I think once a company has achieved this by having rich data, mm -hmm. uh, comprehensive of uh, um, knowledge of their journey, then you can certainly contact an agency, be creative in the customer journey and try to develop a, a competitive advantage on this. Um, certainly uh, there are ways. I, artificial intelligence is going to help. Creative people are going to help. But uh, at the moment, I'm, I'm a realist. I live in the present and I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm fixing the basics. Yeah, exactly. Some people say that uh, the, the experience in, in five years would look exactly the way it looks now. It, it's not going to change because it's still going to be about the people and people are not changing much. The experience right. is not changing much. But uh, who knows? The technology is going so fast. The, the world is changing so fast. Uh, that's a very interesting uh, point. Yeah, at least if companies are able to control their entire journey, uh, have the data for it, they will be already in a, you know, any company achieving this is should be super happy with that already. That's, uh, and that's my, uh, my conclusion word for the future. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. No, appreciate it. Thank you, Arthur, for uh, your time and for your insights. Anytime. That was very, very, very interesting to, to hear your take on the customer experience uh, topic. Anytime. And uh, if, uh, if you need any insights, whatever, let me know. <laughs> so um, my guest was uh, Arthur Harry. You can uh, see his profile on our website. And uh, if you want to know more about the Institute of Customer Experience Design, please do not hesitate and contact us at icm.ehl.ch. Thank you very much, Arthur. Thank you. <laughs>